Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the Beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, my closer pal, the man with the plan, the one and only, John Malika. Before we ask John how he is doing, everyone, you already know what to do. If you listen to this podcast and you haven't already done so, please make sure to subscribe. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment. We're also on YouTube, Knicks comma Jets comma ETC period. Make sure to find the page, subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, hit the like button, leave a comment, add to the conversation. Let us know what you think. It's been a minute since uh, John and I spoke about the Knicks draft. So, you know, we got some uh, different views. So we're going to get into that, into that as well today. And we got a guest. We got to get a guest on as well. We'll get his takes as well. We'll introduce him later when we get to that point. Also, we got another podcast on the YouTube channel, Winning Picks Weekly. John, video producer Greg, our guy and co-host Chip Murphy. These guys go through every sport possible. If you need to put money down on the line, these guys got you covered. MLB, NBA, PGA, NHL, NFL, any sport, every sport. These guys are probably going to do cricket as well, but that's, that's, that's for another time. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. We are there. John, what's going on, bro? How you doing today? What's up, man? I'm doing great. I mean, in, in the world of the NBA, the world of basketball, the the drama continues, the soap opera continues. It feels like the NBA finals was like six and a half months ago at this point. So uh, I'm 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 excited for this upcoming week, this upcoming tampering week, coming off of a crazy NBA draft where we didn't even draft until uh, like three and a half hours in. So there's a lot, lot, there's a lot to get into here. The Yankees and the Mets still honestly murdering the MLB, still looking like that World Series is might be a thing. So I know, I know Jeremy has some feelings on that as well. Um, our uh, esteemed guest that we have today, 
I mean, honestly, I can't think of a more perfect person to have on here as you obviously are here. You're listening to Nick's Film School. You hear them going on and on and their differing views. And it's the same differing views that Alex and I have. So I'm really excited for this episode. I'm really excited to get into what the Knicks did, what the Knicks are about to do and what the Knicks may or may not be thinking. dude. So I'm, I'm hyped. How are you? I'm good, man. And since you already said it, Jeremy Cohen, <laughs> the, the, the man, the myth, the legend himself, maybe for all I know, Brock Auer's child. I don't know <laughs> the way that he's able to manipulate the cap and put on cap or no cap. Like there's no tomorrow. This guy legit gets into the weeds of it. He might just be related to this guy. He might be the child. Who knows? Make Jeremy, how you doing, man? Here, bro. I'm good. <laughs> Listen, if Brock is my dad, then I got to talk to the dad who raised me because he's in for quite a surprise. <laughs> uh, I'm doing well, thanks. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad we could discuss this stuff and I'm really excited. Yeah, man. So let's get into it. I mean, I, we're, I'm sad that I'm going to make a rehash this type of stuff again because I, I did catch you and Macri going at it and then uh, having Claudio saying, why don't we take 10 seconds to laugh at the Brooklyn Nets when it got heated with uh, <laughs> with the discussion of the trade that the Knicks made and then going down the rabbit holes of what they're going to do and whatnot. But look, we know the Knicks traded out of the first round. They, they, they did the whole, they made my brain melt that day after just saying, hey, the Knicks traded out. After they dra- drafted Usman Dang and then they're like, Okay, that's not a guy that's like really on their radar. What's going on here? Trade to OKC. You get the three first round uh, protected picks from, uh, that they had, which was the Denver that they traded. Yeah, uh, who was it? You also had Detroit and you also had Washington. Traded De- the Denver pick over to uh, Charlotte to draft Duran. Put Duran with Kemba to go put him to Detroit. And then we get the Milwaukee pick, the 2025 Milwaukee pick. And I'm just like, I'm over here still to this day. And I was even talking about last night on Knicks, Knicks fan TV. I'm still irritated, man. I'm still irritated with this. I, I, I honestly look at this. I look at this move. I'm like, we just did the Pistons a favor in an attempt to get Ivy. And I'm looking at it like, is Kemba's contract really that big that we needed to put him with a player that the Pistons really wanted to move off salary? I don't know. I'm pretty tight about that. So that's just my feeling. So, Jeremy, I'm going to go to you and ask your feelings on that because why should I not be mad? (laughs) Well, that's fair. See, the thing is, I feel like if you don't like what the Knicks did, I can't blame you. And if you like what the Knicks did, then I I agree with you. But (laughs) if Alex, can we rapid fire real quick? Because I want to get your thoughts on something. Sure. All right. So going into the draft, what did you want the Knicks to do the most? The most I want them to get either Ivy draft, uh, Johnny Davis or take a wing to add to the depth because wing is still an issue on this team outside of cam. I don't think we have that position solved. I think Quentin Grimes is just like a traditional two mm-hmm. where he's going to guard twos. Maybe on some occasion he can guard a three. He can obviously guard ones, mm-hmm. but I'm looking for to add depth at the wing position. So that way we have just interchangeable defenders, guys who can also score because we still need more talent on this team. And realistically, moving forward, pulling back on the vets. So I was looking for more youth and fewer vets. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we know they tried to trade up for Ivy. So that, I mean, we're, we were all, it seems cool with that. So the next thing, would you have felt comfortable with the Knicks trading to eight or nine, probably trading the Mavs first and maybe something else uh, in order to leapfrog the Wizards to get Johnny Davis? 
I think Johnny Davis is that dude. So I kind of would have felt a little bit more comfortable, probably more than most. Cause I know some people would say not, you should, there's no one really to trade up for in this trap. I probably would have done it if that's a guy that you really believe in. Gotcha. Totally fair. So Johnny Davis is on the team. Let's roll with it. Yeah. Where's Johnny Davis getting minutes? Because presumably the Knicks aren't going to, even if they move some of these veterans into traded player exceptions, they're not going to move all of them. Right. Right. So like, you're still going to have one of Burks and Fournier most likely, you know, and you're going to have Grimes and you're ideally going to have RJ. And unless you're trading Cam, then Johnny Davis is on the outside looking in. Is that fair? That's fair. And I guess for me, I look at it more as like Cam's already on the outside looking in. <laughs> Honestly, the more, he's been throwing in more trade deals and seeing playing time on the court. Yep. So for me, I'm like, this dude's probably not going to be here that long. So it's kind of like the thought process of they're going to move two of Fournier, Burks, and Cam, and then that would theoretically create an open spot, and that's where Johnny Davis comes into play? Yeah, that's how that's how I was thinking about it. Okay, I got you. So, and just in general, are you... We'll get. I know we'll get into it more, but are you Team Brunson, or are you not Team Brunson? Oh, I like Jalen Brunson. So, are you comfortable I, with four years, $100 million? As a max, I've... I'm on the teetering edge of com- feeling comfortable, but I'll do it because I do like Brunson. Okay. So you'll do that. So I guess the question then is like, well, where do the Knicks get the money to do it? Because if they are above the salary cap, then the leverage is with Dallas because then they get to, you know, play a part, not just in, Hey, we give you the fifth year. We give you more money in general. But if you want him, well, we're going to do everything we can to like milk you, New York, for what you're worth. The leverage then swings the other way if the money starts to clear up. And then by removing the 11th pick, it's four and a half million dollars out the door. And then by moving Kemba out, that's another nine. And then when you factor in the Knicks have like a little bit more than two million dollars in cap space, we're at 16.3 million dollars if you still keep Mitch on the books. So it's like the way I see it is I would have loved to have had a young player getting minutes, especially if Cam is on the way out, how you're going to be able to do that. I still see any situation where, because we know Tibbs rolls 10 deep, if you have six of those 10 players who are under the age of 25, that's your youth movement. And if you have Jalen Brunson, who to me is like the ultimate raise your floor table setter who can mm-hmm. make the players around you better at seven guys, presumably going to have a veteran, like I said, one of Burks and Fournier probably still here. Didn't even talk about Noel, but we can just pretend he doesn't exist for the moment. So that brings us up to eight. And then there's the whole, is Randall going to be here or not question, which is nine. And then Jericho Sims coming into the fold. That's 10. So the way I see it is you're still committing to the youth. Typically, I would say quality is better than quantity. But if that quality is impeding you from getting Brunson, if it's a player that might not see time, and I I understand your situation, you're saying like, that's great. But then on the flip end of it, if you're the Knicks, now you're back to equilibrium with your picks, most likely. Like maybe you can turn Burks into a, like a distant first. And I didn't even mention Derrick Rose. Like maybe you do something with Rose. Maybe you keep him there. What happens if Rose stays? You do Rose quickly. Is Grimes going to be at the three? Is it Johnny Davis? If it's not Grimes, is Grimes going to see playing time or is he on the outside looking in as well as he was beforehand, which we know he should not be in this <laughs> case moving forward. So like, Please open that door. Right. So like <laughs> that I think is the the challenge where it's just like it's so many moving parts that on the surface it's like the Knicks had a terrible season. 
should have had the 11th pick. What the hell are they doing? And now it's like, okay, well, I, I understand this is all for Brunson, but you have to get Brunson. Okay, well, if you do get Brunson, then where does it leave you off? The way I see it is that, and that's why, as you guys know, I was so eager to wait. And still, like, even as we've gotten the information, still waiting until the end of free agency where we can finally sit down and say, where do we start with? What do we finish with? And my, what I think will be happening is that the Knicks will just be a younger, better team with more picks that's better set up for the future. And if you asked any Knicks fan before the draft, if that was something that would appeal to them, every single one would say yes, except for, I, I shouldn't say everyone. The majority would say yes. Uh, the few who wouldn't are those who are clinging to the idea of tanking, which the Knicks just aren't going to do. Oh, yeah. It's not even necessarily looking for tanking. I think the one thing I'll, I'll change up is that I'm cool with Brunson, but I'm also fine with actually giving Emmanuel quickly the opportunity to run a point guard, and that could change things, too, if you wanted to go in that direction. So you don't even have to spend money. You can still bring in a young guy in. You can still try to move vets and still get more assets that way or just try to shed salary. So that would be another way I would think that, all right, maybe someone like Johnny Davis gets some time in. But then it gets back to who's your head coach? How many veterans does he want to play? Who's you like the stability behind? I get that, which is why it's the fr- it's a frustration, man. Look, I know. It's, it's like, it's look, have you watched Severance? I love Severance. <laughs> okay. So man, that finale was one of the best I've ever seen. Okay. I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the finale yet. I'm on episode five or six, but okay. you know, uh, uh, oh my God. Why, why I can't remember the, the, the woman's name who's like grappling with, uh, trying, Helly, Helly R, well, right? It, I was going to say, it's because you're severed from the TV room, which is where Thank all you. your knowledge is. <laughs> exactly. That's where, my, that's where all my knowledge is. But right. it's like Helly like R, right? Where you're thinking, all right, I know like right here, this is what I want the Knicks to look like. But it's also being over here saying, I know what we have with. And it's like that conflicting thing, that conflicting nature of just like, it can't exist because this is over here. So I get it, but it's like, it's not, that's not what I want. You know what I mean? I think after like last season, if it went a little bit better last season, I could be like, all right, I could tolerate it. But from what I'm what I what we saw last season, it's like I think we gotta go completely complete youth with the right veterans mixed in. That's kind of where I'm standing. Oh yeah. man, I, 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 it's just so funny. I mean, this whole episode thus far, he's uh, Jeremy's been psychoanalyzing you, Alex, and I, I absolutely love it because he he's getting to the bottom of your issue. You just wanted the shiny toy, man. You want we we were scouting them for a while. We're, you know, for the last couple of months, honestly, we've been just watching these players and got, you know, been grinding out for the last couple of weeks. And now finally comes, it's our pick, right? There's a little bit of drama starting with the Pistons pick all the way to us, right? Oh my God. We, you know, and then there was like a little bit of a Spurs rumor, right? Like, oh, they, they want Yang. Like we have to get him so we can trade him. Like there was a lot of stuff going on for us to just not get anything. Like it just like all the air came out of the room and you're like, all right, what do we have? And I feel like that is shaping where the narrative is coming from. Because if you want youth and you want to go with these veterans that we already have, we just got draft picks. Like, if you truly want a youth movement, we just got a million first-round picks in the in the next – I know, like, we like to say seven years because that's how far we could trade. I think that's ridiculous. Let's just talk about the next couple of years. Like, we have – even if they don't – I know you're about to say. I know, I know you're about to say. They're protected. And they're not going to vest. I know. They're not going to convey. But even if they don't, it still becomes a youth movement. And that that's when I, I totally understand what you're saying with Severance, even though I didn't watch it, is because the head coach and the GM at this point, they're 
see like they only have like one, maybe two more years to kind of get this ball rolling, and they're going to be gone. So they're they're not going to care about any of these graphics. Like so, I'm wondering if this is what you want. It just maybe they didn't get the shiny toy because it gives us the ammo to either use our picks for a veteran to come in, hopefully a superstar, but I'm not going to get my hopes up at all because it's always going to shoot me in the foot. Or on the other <laughs> side, you're going to let, you're going to let IQ play. You know what I mean? You're going to keep your draft picks and you're going to do exactly what you want. You're going to let IQ play, hopefully with a point guard. Like we, I know we're, we're so against Jalen Brunson and I understand why it's because we're moving the whole planet we are spending $25 million, even though it only becomes like the 14th, 15th highest paid point guard, which is fine. I feel like he's the 15th, you know, maybe 7th to 17th point guard in the NBA. Like that, I don't think that's that crazy, just as a side note. But on top of that, we know that he can play with other guards. So why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want Brunson to kind of be next to a Dinwiddie slash Luka in an IQ? We know with RJ, like they, those three, they could, they could play that sort of, perimeter slash role. I don't know. That's, I, I just feel like we're just stuck in the moment right now, and we're just so nervous because it just never works out for the New York Knicks. And that's why I, I, I'll give you know uh, Jeremy the credit for it. Like the Cam Reddish trade. It's not necessarily that you think Cam Reddish is going to be amazing, and now that he's not playing with the Knicks, it's a bust. You just thought he was better than the Charlotte pick, like just value-wise. So I, I feel like they're building all of these assets and we're just impatient. So I, 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 Jeremy, I want to know what you think about, first of all, Jalen Brunson's contract and just, and just adding Brunson, like what does that do to this team? Just like for, forget like a crazy trade, you know, let's just, you know, extend Mitch. Cause I know you have that anyway, kind of built in. Let's cut Taj and bring him back. Right. <laughs> because that's the whole and like, what does this team look like? Yeah, I don't think it looks like a great team, but I think it looks like one that's better. That it was the end of the season, but we saw what the younger players were able to do. They they played with an energy that just was lacking the entire season. You know, was some of that because Randall wasn't in the lineup? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's just that they also played with more urgency because they're hungrier. They want to prove themselves in the league. When you get paid, it's a lot easier to not live up to a contract because you know not to say they don't these players don't try but like this is so much what you worked for you secured what could very easily be generational wealth like you don't necessarily have to go after every single play so i really like brunson i've liked him for a while i just feel as though knicks fans for so long have been talking about we need a point guard the knicks need a point guard more than anything and it just feels like it has to be a star point guard it's like Okay, but what if I told you you could bring in a really good point guard who has had success even without one of the best players on the planet and he can play with, not, you know, dominate in a way that like Julius Randle might, where he can create the dribble penetration that you need to just get more going on an offense that has sputtered for over a decade. Yeah, Max a lot Kleber of could be the best power. You could think about maxing Max Kleber for like right. three games in a row. <laughs> yeah. right. like, if you get better players, you're going to maximize the players that are around them. And I just, I don't think people necessarily recognize it or want to because they get too hung up on two things. Number one is that Brunson is a ceiling capper. It's like, I get that. And granted, 
the reason why the Mavs were in the Western Conference Finals was because of Luka Doncic. No one suggesting otherwise. But it also goes to show that if you build this right, you can get to a point where you can still win with a player like Jalen Brunson. And if you're thinking of, well, the, the price tag is too much, I mean, sure. Was he earning less than $2 million? Yes. But <laughs> you also had Tim Hardaway Jr. who was out and he was making over $20 million. You had Davis Bertans, who didn't really play a huge role down the stretch, uh, had a few nice games. Those are just all he pretty much did was take threes. Um, he was making like $16 million. There's enough essentially dead money that the Mavs had where it's like, it's comparable to more than what Jalen Brunson's making. Like if you even average it out, that's the first one, the ceiling cap or where it's a problem. And the second is then the money because fans don't often take into consideration that when the salary cap goes up, the amount that players make goes up too. So like, I think a lot of fans are stuck like maybe two to three summers behind in terms of, yeah, catching up for when the math works out. I think you're being and, generous. <laughs> yeah, no, it, honestly, it, there could be people who are still stuck in the like 2015 days where it was like yes. before the salary cap jumped up and it's like Aaron Afalo at $8 million. Like, yeah, well, Aaron Afalo at $8 million then was, is probably like Aaron Afalo like $18 million now. Exactly. And like, but it feels so much worse because the money's different, but. but there's a prime example and it was so close and it was so recent. And I know Alex and I specifically were arguing about this for, I would say three months. <laughs> like it was, what are we going to do with Fred Van Fleet? Should we offer him X amount of money? Is it going to be not worth it? If you tell me right now, even with him not playing <laughs> for a majority you know, of this season, I would still take that contract right now. I, I completely 100% regret it. And the salary cap, as we all know, is going to go up in two years. So if you sign Brunson to a four-year deal, at least on that last year, you're getting a discount. I mean, I know that's not anything to go home and brag about, you know, but it's something to just, you know, at least have. Yeah, and again, if you give him that player option in year four, then it lines up exactly where the salary cap spikes. So that's that, like that's exactly how I see it. I see it. It's a three-year plan with Jalen Brunson where you just – try to be a better team than you were because the whole then thing about like, well, the Knicks are in no man's land. Okay. Well, they still have the assets to go get someone, especially in the draft. Uh, if there's a star available that works with their timeline and they could potentially get that player too. But then like you look at the Clippers, you look at the nets, these teams that didn't have to be that good for that long to just show like, yeah, we don't have any, like the net ceiling, their best player is D'Angelo Russell, and he was an all-star that year, and he has not made it back since. But it was like the idea of the potential, and then he wasn't even there for it. The Nets just looked really good because he elevated them. Like if we get to the point where we don't talk about the Knicks as a dumpster fire or a doormat, <laughs> then we're at a point where we can have a more serious conversation. If you take us seriously, other star like stars are going to as well. And if you plan your cap sheet out accordingly you can really do well at a time when like, let's face it, that cap, if it's jumping in 2025, which it should, Lakers are going to be out of the picture, right? There's not going to be anyone to like build a core around. The Clippers are going to still be paying Kawhi and Paul George. The Bulls are going to be dealing with Zach Levine and however else they decide to fail to build with him. Um, (laughs) Maybe go bear. Well, maybe Uh, who knows, (laughs) but like uh, the nets are going to be well, Right. Like their, their, their timeline is like now and not three years from now when they're a compelling team. 
So like Miami is going to still have Jimmy Butler and bam. And they're not going to like, they'll have some money, but it's the sort of thing where if they're paying Tyler hero, like what that situation is. So it's not like these teams can't get out of it, but the cleanest fit in terms of like using rookie contracts and second contracts that are cheaper and creating money and having a lot of picks and being able to make trades and do whatever like the Clippers did. That's how you best set yourself up for success. In my opinion, for the Knicks and Brunson can help at least elevate you to the point where we're in the conversation and not, Hey, KD and Kyrie want to join uh, <laughs> Kevin Knox and you know, the sky's the so limit. enticing. <laughs> it really is so enticing. No, and I like, look, I like Brunson. Like I, we were on this pod throughout the entire season, just arguing because people were slandering the living daylights out of Brunson. Like, why would you want Brunson? Why would you want this? I'm like, I don't know. The dude can play on off ball shoot. Like he has the ability to finish over bigs in the paint. He's in the top like 80th, 90th like percentile. If you look at Queen in the Glass when it comes to finishing around the rim for a guy his size, he can pass. He can do everything that you want from a point guard. Sure, he's undersized. His defense is like average, but came from Nova. Like honestly, if you come from Nova, that and playing point guard, that's a pedigree of itself. Most of the Nova players, just in general, are like just you know you can count on them. Whether it's like Josh Hart, Kyle Lowry, and I put Brunson kind of like. Not exactly, but closer to that range of Kyle Lowry as in he will raise your floor. You know you can get someone that can organize the offense. Uh, not the defensive guy that Kyle Lowry is. And I won't even put it out there as like being the all-star that Kyle Lowry is, but somewhere close to that, to that stratosphere where I will rely on him like every single game. And I think he would definitely help guys like Randall, RJ get in the situation. That's just kind of what we need moving into the season because we saw way too many times last season where the Knicks down the final stretch of the game just unwind, and that's where you have someone like Brunson come in back. Like, All right, guys, calm the fuck out. I got this. We get you into your spots position. Let's go. But there's another guy that's like out there for trade talks. I mean, sheesh, just seeing rumors that maybe Gallo and a couple first-rounders can go get this dude, uh, DeJounte Murray. How do you feel about DeJounte Murray, not only as a player, but fitting in within the cap because he'd be cheaper than – than Brunson, right? Depends what your definition of cheaper is. Like for yeah. me, for me, it's cap, all okay, about for cap, cap wise, a hundred percent, which is great. It's more like I think that the Knicks, and I feel this way as well, would prefer to just sign Jalen Brunson and keep all of the assets that they have versus trading for Dejounte Murray and trading those assets. Because I think within the Knicks' mind, it's well, we can get someone to elevate the offense for just money and it doesn't cost us a whole lot else to make the math work and and get him. I think also when you consider like a lot of the pull-up opportunities that Jalen Brunson has, that is something that will interest the Knicks quite a lot as well. I think Murray is a better player, 100%. I also feel as though a lot of fans are higher on Murray than I am, but in terms of like as a fit, yeah, financially it's great, but you also wouldn't necessarily want to clear cap space to get Murray and then have him dump him into cap space because basically the reason why the Hawks and the, I mean, the Hawks have to, if they're the ones trading for him, have to match salary to begin with. But like you want more back if you are the Spurs, I would imagine. You don't why just are you taking Gallo him. back? Could you, like, why on earth are they doing that? It, because that's the only way that the math would work. And here's the thing though if they don't move Collins for DeJounte Murray, which it sounds like they may not then they are using Gallo. If they're using Gallo, 
I wonder if that actually will have to increase the price of picks because Collins worth more than Gallo. So it's like, are you willing to trade for first round picks, for example, and, you know, salary filler, whatever it might be, even though Murray could slide into the space pretty much for DeJounte Murray. And for me, the answer is no, because I think that just based on how the timeline is working out, the Knicks are saying, yeah, we want these picks, but we don't want to use them right now. And it's just like there's this this consistent nature of of trying to get a star because it's been so long since the Knicks have gotten a star where one suddenly becomes available and it's like we need this guy. We're like <laughs> Kevin Durant before he before Kyrie opted in. It was the thought process of how he might, he would be available. And you get Woj saying, well, Kevin Durant won't have his say in where he goes, and it's bullshit. We know it's bullshit. I'm sorry if, I, if cursing's not cool. But no, go you for can do it. whatever you want. Cool. But- it's fucking bullshit. Uh, <laughs> so it's the sort of thing where it's just like, okay, like Durant is going to have his say in where he goes. He's not going to go to the Knicks. And yet I still already saw people killing the front office for not getting Kevin Durant in a scenario that never was going to happen and didn't even have the opportunity to happen. And it's just like, what is going on? And so I respect that DeJounte Murray is an all-star and he's the same age pretty much as Brunson. And he probably has a higher ceiling. He's a better better defender. A hundred percent. He's, I mean, he's a walking triple double, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's just, is he worth giving up the assets that it will cost and, to me, the answer is no. As good as he is, but it also minimizes Brunson because he's a really good player as well. So let me ask you. So let me ask you this about the assets, like moving assets for like Dejounte Murray. Where would you want to move uh, assets like that? Like a true star like Donovan Mitchell? Are you looking for like an, a massive upgrade of like the wing position? Are those, is that what you're thinking of? Like when you're thinking about trading those type of assets? Because as we see in the league today, your wing players they're kind of difference makers. They are, 100%. I think the big thing for me is I would love the Knicks to trade up in next year's draft. Um, mm. Going into this year's draft, my mindset was get someone who can be a primary option either this year or next year. And obviously, they did not do that this year. Ivy wouldn't have been like the 2-3 type player that the Knicks could have gotten. He, I mean, he, he's more of a 2, but he's shorter. I guess in my mind, it's like, can you find a prospect in next year's draft where they basically have the same height and size, uh, but longer wingspan as Evan Fournier, who can basically do what Cam Reddish does, but better. And all while being on a dirt cheap contract compared to what you would be paying to another star. Obviously, the risk is you're, you know, betting on a prospect versus betting on someone who's an established a star, but the cost would likely be cheaper. So like, if the Knicks are finishing, let's say they get bounced in the play-in. And let's say there are a bunch of really good Western Conference teams because it seems like there will be a lot of really good Western Conference teams. If the Knicks are picking 11th or 12th again, we're right back in the same spot. And then you factor in the Mavs first. And then probably none of the future first they got will convey next year. So you're looking at future picks, which is more advantageous perhaps for some of these teams. So like, if the Mavs finish even 20th and the Knicks are 12th, can you do 12 and 20 and any other assets to move up to like seven, eight? Is that something that gets you into the range where you find a player that you fall in love with, especially if you're Walt Perrin? That to me is kind of like how you can have your cake and eat it too. It's it's not getting the established star, but it's also betting on a homegrown 
younger player that fits the timeline. You're not essentially nuking your cap sheet. It's very clean, especially when that cap spike comes. And it's the sort of thing where you can just like rally around it. Like the one thing, the last thing I'll say is you look at these other teams that are rebuilding and they're, they've basically just tanked. It's like, it's OKC. It's, it's Houston. Um, Orlando. Orlando. Like, oh, perfect. Yeah. Like, and you look at it. It's like they look so good because they've got three, four, maybe even five young guys that were drafted top 15 or that have popped. And it's really exciting. And for the Knicks, it's just, not that at all. Um, so that the core is perceived differently. And I'm not saying the fans have to like how fans perceive cores is, is what matters. It's not, but if you're able to find a situation that gets you half pregnant, then it's one of the rare times that it works for all sides involved. So that's kind of where I would see it going. And then you have a lot of other assets down the line that you still have left that you can then figure out what to do with as well. You're, you're saying all assets and you're saying everyone's on the same timeline. I, I just, that, that's the only thing I really don't agree with. I, I think that Leon Rose has a vested interest in Tibbs. And I don't think they have a timeline where they're doing all this, where they could trade up for a player next year, be mediocre this year again, go through like this year was hell. You know well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting to try to be, they're going to try to win a hundred percent. In this scenario, in this, right. you know, if we keep the same team, you could, you could want whatever, you know, but you know, you could, you have to, sure. you know, say in reality, if you're going to run it back, we're going to run it back and we're going to be in mediocre land. And now we're trying to trade up for next year to draft the rookie. Hopefully the draft, you know, the lottery goes our way. The draft goes our way just so we could be back with another rookie for Tibbs. It, that, and then, that to me screams yes. If you want to be a healthy, like you said, healthy cap, you know, basketball team, how you're, you should build it from, from the ground up. If you're asking me how should we build a franchise, I agree. It's just not the reality because if that happens, Tibbs is gone. So why would he agree to this? And Leon Rose might, might be gone <laughs> at that point. I, I know like it, it sounds like that's crazy, but. If we don't, you know, if we don't make the playoffs again and we're a lottery team this year and just to, you know, trade up for another pick, he, he might have a, a maybe it's like the trade deadline again. You know, he does, he's not going to have that much longer, especially if we're signing Brunson, you know, Rick Brunson to be an assistant coach, obviously, because he's friends with Tibbs, obviously, so we can get Jalen here if we pay him 100 mil and he turns out to be mediocre because we had a mediocre season. It just, to me, it, it sounds nice on paper, and I agree. It just doesn't feel like that's what's happening here. It doesn't feel like that's what the Knicks are doing. At the same time, I agree that it might not be – as much as I love Deontay Murray, I'm one of the guys, I, I love him. I think he's perfect for the Knicks. I think he's perfect for Tibbs. I think he's a great contract that we can work him in next year. And who cares about these picks? You can't tell me at one point – this is the worst trade ever for the Knicks. They're so dumb. These picks are worth nothing. And then tell me, oh, my God, we cannot trade these picks for Deontay Murray. We have to keep them. They're priceless. It just doesn't make any sense. And if it's coming down to just the 11th, like the Knicks, Begley mentioned it, but I didn't hear any more of it. Um, he was uh, on Chris Williamson. I, had, I remember them saying the deal breaker was the Knicks wouldn't include their own pick next year. So if this, if this whole thing is about an 11th or 12th pick, then what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Well, the, the diff- yeah. yeah, I hear you. The difference, though, is that next year's draft is supposed to be so much stronger than this year's. 
And it's like, all right, I know that obviously a couple weeks ago, we wouldn't have predicted that DeJounte Murray would be on the block. So like anything can happen. But let's let's think about it. Um, the big name, obviously, that probably comes on uh, that's available is Donovan Mitchell, right? What happens if the Jazz retool and then want to consistently run it back and they even get better? And or Danny Ainge just doesn't want to trade Donovan Mitchell because it's the sort of thing where it's like, like, why does Utah? I'm scared. I'm scared to trade with Utah personally. I'm actually terrified <laughs> of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not trying to do that. Sure, sure. So like, those guys are out of the those guys are out of the equation. Yeah. Where do we turn to next? Because, and yes, a lot can change, right? Like. You have the same situation with Kevin Durant, and I still like he'll be thirty-five. That's that's not the direction to to go. And this obviously this being not this summer, but the next one, would he'd be thirty-five? Like you can run down the list of teams. It's like, well, what star might be interested in in going? Um, like again, I, I'm just I'm gonna look at Tankathon and run through it real quick. Um, typically, for the guys who are in their primes or entering their primes, you need at least two years of or. At, at, at most team, two years of team control before they're able to, to walk away. So SGA is not going anywhere. The Rockets don't have anyone who's going to be available in that sense. Um, so we're talking about like De'Aaron Fox. Well, you just spend money on Brunson and hypothetically. So, and, and I doubt that they would trade Fox unless it's for a better player than who he is. Knicks don't have that available. The Magic aren't really going to be in consideration. Uh, the Pacers don't have anyone. Uh, the Pistons don't need <laughs> but but like, but like yeah, it, it, he's not even talking about Brogdon. I'm not even going to entertain that idea. <laughs> exactly. Um, like, okay, are we talking about Bradley Beal? Is Bradley Beal the sensible choice if the Wizards decide to move him? He's going to resign in Washington, right? But like, if we're if if he gets Blake Griffin mm. a year from now, as opposed oh, to like, no, 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 that's, right, like, see, that's yeah. If you if like if he gets the max, like was two fifty, I think is like uh, his his he can max they can max something him out. like that. Yep. That's going to be like one of the worst contracts moving forward because he's not that dude. <laughs> right. So, you know, okay, next you go to the Spurs. Well, they just, they'll probably be trading Murray. So they've got no one that's really left. Uh, you got the Blazers. They're in win now mode. They're not going to break anything up. The Hornets, like, it's not going to be LaMelo. I don't understand. I don't know why they would trade him. Uh, Clifford, the, baby. He's back. That's, I'm <laughs> that's the only reason. Uh, <laughs> you got the Cavs who are in win now mode. We just talked about the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Ant and Cat aren't going anywhere out of Minnesota. Atlanta is keeping Trey Young and trying to add DeJounte Murray to that. Uh, like, are the Raptors trading Siakam? I, I doubt it. They might trade OG. Right. But if they're trading OG, it would probably be this year. It might be for Gobert. Uh, that's the other thing where mm. they're able to do that. Um, the Lakers, like Braun <laughs> and Andy Davis, they're not going anywhere. Uh, you're talking about the Pelicans. I know we talk about Zion. THT, baby. Okay. We all want that THT contract. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, but like, I don't see Zion going anywhere. I don't see why Ingram would be moved. They're a winning team. CJ is amazing. CJ is. He's also making $33 million a year. He's going to get a new contract soon. I would pay that. I, like, honestly, he's worth it for me. I know that sounds crazy, but I love CJ. He, the way he's he navigated Portland and what he do, he's doing in New Orleans. But yeah, I digress. Yeah, I, I would like, pay, that's one guy I would be like, all right, no problem. Give me I understand. CJ. But then it's the question, like, would you rather have CJ at like 32, 33, or would you have Brunson at like 26, 27, 28? Yeah. Um, then we have the Nets. Not going to happen. The Clippers not doing anything. 
Um, maybe if if Chicago blows up and something happens, like is so you want to stay. You want to stay. You you're 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 good with our picks, and you just want to wait till next draft. Kind of get bring Brunson back, run it back. Don't do anything crazy. Don't even look at the superstar guys that are on the block. Don't even you know take a look at the mediocre guys like Brogdon, like Tyus Jones. Just chill out. Maybe trade Fournier or Burks. Get rid of Noel and bring Brunson in and just run it back. Like that's that's what you think we should do. No, I mean definitely listen. Keep your ears and eyes open for sure. Like if if an opportunity presents itself where you can't turn it down, then like obviously consider it. It's just a matter of and like the rest of the teams are all like, super contenders that aren't going to strip it down. So like how are you able to do that? How are you getting that guy? And if you're not getting the guy, you need something, right? Because I feel like you can't go into the season um, not this one, but the one after basically like taking incremental steps to the point where it's hopefully RJ is really good and Brunson's good and whatever else you have left. But if you have something that's really exciting, that's young, that can work with the team, like there are 10 guys in this next draft that I think could have from, from talking with Prez, who's really great with draft stuff, <laughs> who like could have gone top five this year. Like that's how crowded it is. If you can nab one of them and work your way through it, that's how you sell it to fans. That's how, and like it's, but it's not just the young guys and go out and do things. It's the young guys plus veterans that will help them win games. All they have to do is keep taking steps and sell something to fans and win games. That's the only way. Well, not the only way, but like that's how you keep your job if you're Leon Rose, and you just keep building incrementally. And then finally, when you have the right opportunity, you can strike. The problem is that it's like, with my plan in mind, how do you tell a fan, hey, you know how you've waited all these years? You know how this is now the third Leon Rose season? Well, wait another three years. Yeah. It's hard to sell hey. people on that, which is why, if like, <laughs> considering how many people were on board with Jaden Ivey, that to me, it's the same philosophy just a year later. Like, if we walked into this year and it was RJ Barrett, Jaden Ivey, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, Cam, uh, Quentin Grimes, Cam Reddish, and uh, Mitch Rock. all wrong. Well, but we would be psyched. Yeah. We would yeah, be we'd really go, excited. We could literally win zero games and be like, oh, this is amazing. It's right. fantastic. I agree. And obviously, yeah. the following year, they can't win zero games. And yeah. like, they still need to keep building and building and keep winning games. But like, that to me is how you sell it. That's how you can have a winning product and feel like you're selling something to fans that is exciting. And I look, we, this is why when I'm watching the draft, I'm getting angry because you think of it, <laughs> oh, well, the last time, like, we actually had true success. You know, besides 2020, uh, 21 was when we had Mel back in 2012, 2013. And before that, you're like, oh, great. So we got to go back to 2000 now. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, it's, it's been long enough. And so that's where the frustration is. And like, being on Expand TV, like, you hear, you see, you, we, we had all the frustration. People called in. It was very, very repetitive where it was like, oh, well, why they do this? Why they do that? And you're like, I, 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 I get you. I, yeah. I'm right here with you and I feel the pain. The only pushback to that for me, it's like, it's, a, it's an unfortunate position for anyone to be in, but because we have been so hurt over the years, we bring our past baggage <laughs> and the sins of old regimes and place them on this one. 100%. Like, it, here's the thing. A lot of these teams that are set up for a rebuild, like, like I said, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Magic, not only are they all small market teams, the reason that they are further ahead already is because they all had top talent that they then traded 
and were able to retain those assets and further go into a deeper rebuild. The best, the closest that the Knicks got to that was Porzingis. The closest before that was trading Mello when he had a no trade clause and like he had very few options on the table and resisted going anywhere. The Knicks never had that luxury of like, how can we turn the draft and cap space into winning product or winning players and then trade those out for assets for the future? Like the Thunder did it with all of their guys, Chris Paul, Gallinari, Russ, you name it. The Rockets did it with Harden. And the Magic did it with Vucevic. Uh, they even got, I mean, it was minimal what they got with Fournier. Um, Aaron Gordon, they got a nice haul back. Like these are starters that have been able to get to like the ages of 25, 26, 27 and beyond where they were able to like develop on their own time. But because the Knicks are on a clock because like it's been almost 50 years since they won a title and we're not going to live forever. So let's get this moving. And it's just like, it, it just takes more time than that, but it's not time we as fans are comfortable with because of all of the years and all of the disappointment we've had beforehand. You know, Jeremy, you psychoanalyzed me today. I feel like your, your actual job is being a therapist. I feel like you actually Might do be. yoga and you, and you take like, you, you have like a, do you have a, do you have an Apple watch and it says, all right, mindfulness every morning and you just go through your mindfulness. Cause this, <laughs> this is how I can only imagine that you're able to say like, Look, man, we've been through a lot, Snicks fans. All right, but we're cool. I'm calm, I'm collected, I'm happy. Yeah, I got my I got my chai tea with me. All right, I'm ready to go today. I'm ready to take Zen. on the world. You know, yeah. <laughs> but that, like that's the thing. If if someone came up to me, like with the draft, it was sort of thing yeah. where it's like I feel on top of the world. Great, do that. Or if someone's <laughs> feeling like I want to jump off of a bridge, like well, maybe don't do that. But like <laughs> I can't help but understand why you're at that point. Like. If something's really Thank you bad, for understanding. of course. Like <laughs> if something's really bad, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, damn, that's really bad. I, I'm an optimist at heart, but like I'm also I try to to parse out what's good, what's bad, and like for the first time we're seeing the workings of a smart front office because what we had beforehand was Steve Mills, and that just like very little was bright about that. Okay. So, and memories are short, and Phil Jackson was a great. Like you keep going back and back, and it's just like, oh, this is said, by Alex, far the last time that the Knicks had a good team, 2012, 2013, and like that was ages ago. Like, yeah, it just like the children that were born then are like halfway on their way to college by this yeah, point. Yeah, I, How I, dare I, you talk we, about Chris? We, Pop- we were in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was in high school. I, like, yeah. it was great. And, yeah. Now I'm not. I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have not seen a playoff win since. So tough, but that's true. I've seen one. I haven't seen a playoff series win. Yeah, we saw we saw one measly yeah. win, and we also saw Trey Young rip our absolute hearts out. Yep, I was there for that one. That was painful. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they're tough, man. It was yeah. a tough time at the Garden. Uh, yo, Alex, are you good with are you good with Brunson and and just hanging out, uh, trading up next year, well, kind of just chilling, see what's going what goes on, Jeremy's plan. I'm fine with the plan. I, I mean, the thing is, like, I, the the thing right now where I'm still in between, even though Jeremy's talked me off from the ledge, is that <laughs> free agent still still has to come, right? We still have to see the the team execute, get Brunson, get the guy that they want, and also with my past trauma being a Knicks fan, it's like, oh my god, is this not going to happen? It's all in on Brunson. Is Brunson not coming? And you're like, you're just you're just like gripping at the table, just shaking everything. You're like, so <clears throat> at this point. It's waiting until what happens this free agency. But even if they don't get Brunson, like worst case, case scenario is that Uh-oh. no, I'm just I'm just like the saying world, like the, the world melts, man. The Knicks Twitter melts. 
The Nick's Twitter, the Nick's Twitter will come out. We move Nick's the Twitter world. Will, no one Nick, wants us. Nick's Twitter will explode, but I will get it as okay. If you can still peel back some of the vets and let most of the young kids play, it's still you're still winning in that case. Like because they'll get they're gonna get the experience. That's if they do that at least. So yeah, the only <laughs> thing is if they don't get Brunson, then the whole thing is you telling me you traded four second round picks and into the first round, and you didn't get Ivy, and you dumped Kemba for what reason exactly when you could have just told him to stay home like with John Wall? Like, if you couldn't get Brunson, why wouldn't you do everything to get Jaden Ivy? What's your backup plan? Like, no one wants to sit through Malcolm Brogdon, especially if you're paying a premium to get him. Tyus Jones? Right, like, it's (laughs) at the certain point where it just feels like if you can't get someone who's like your your second son into the building who your your own biological son represents uh as part of CAA what what kind of cachet do you have what pull is there and that doesn't the- feel confident about like future front of free agencies that I'm talking about because if you can't get Brunson I I get it situation could be better more money all that but like it would just be repeating the same thing that would that happened with Porzingis and KD and all that which is why I feel good about where the Knicks are with Brunson because I don't think they do it unless they have a firm commitment and the ties are too strong to ignore that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think we can stand like feeling like 80, 90%, however percentage you want to feel that Brunson's on his way. But even still, I still get it as from the player, you just went to the Western Conference Finals. Tough conference. Like it's going to be much tougher next season. Maybe that's Brunson's look at, outlook at it, right? Like, Oh crap. Like we made it to the Western Conference Finals this year, but yo, Clippers are going to be back. Nuggets are about to be back. Portland is uh, retooling. Like all these other teams are on the up and up. Like you got the Timberwolves on the up and up. You got the Pelicans on the up and up. I may just want to go to the East and go, you know, Knicks weren't too far out of it. If I can go over there, kind of makes sense for me to go be in the playoffs still and still have some success. It makes sense, but I would also wouldn't fight Brunson, like not physically fight, but like say, like, you know, like I would understand saying, Hey, I understand why you want to stay with a team that legitimately just made it to the Western Conference Finals. But I, I'm with you guys where it's like the ties are just too close where it's like you're not making these moves unless you have some sort of uh, like under the table deal ready to go and, and, and pulling out, on, pull, pulling all the strings for this. But Jeremy, I got a question for you, man, because you're since we got you on here and being the capologist that you are. We got Mr. R.J. Barrett going to be due for an extension. And you know, Mitchell, be, he, I mean, I guess he's a free agent now. He's a free agent, but I'm yeah. like, but for like RJ, July 1st comes around, he's eligible for an extension. Are you extending him this season or are you waiting until the end of the season and then giving him his new contract? So probably not. He's not going to get the five-year full max. He's probably not going to sign this summer. But there's up until October, there's a deadline there. I think that that's probably when he would resign. Knowing the way that um, the Cavs operated and how Brock Aller coming from Cleveland <laughs> thinks. How your father I is. Guess, yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, as, as Pop used to say, uh, Pop, <laughs> Pop, lock him up and drop it. Um, oh, my God. So, <laughs> so if you lock up RJ on a contract, you pay a slight premium. It's the same way with Randall. Where, And this is another reason why I... Again, I, I am hopeful just based on the circumstances with Randall. Like, 
Randall, if he weren't signed to a contract, would be a free agent. And yes, the Knicks could just sign Jalen Brunson, not have to worry about a lot of the other stuff. But a big reason why they did extend Randall, maybe it's because he fits in the future plans, but also they can now trade him to any team that they want. 29 other teams, whereas beforehand, Randall would have to agree to that team. It would have to be a sign and trade, be a messy situation. And then you don't, you don't have to worry about like a lot of the cap hoops that you'd have to jump through, like a sign and trade hard caps teams and that stuff. So like with RJ, the whole point would be ideally there's a future with RJ in mind, but you lock him down, you get him on a, a little bit more than he might be making as of right now, because you're betting on potential and you're betting on projection. RJ could feel like I want to bet on myself. I don't want to sign this contract, but I think there's also something to be said of the Knicks just locking into him. We don't have a messy situation like Gordon Hayward when the Jazz said, go get an offer and we'll match it. And Hayward went to the, the what was then, I guess, the Bobcats unless, or the Hornets, whichever. Got the offer sheet. Jazz matched it. Eventually went to the Celtics, then went back to the Hornets. One of the reasons he left, he felt slighted. He felt like he wasn't loved and prioritized enough. And I can't say I blame him. You avoid all of the bad feelings by locking someone under contract from the get-go, they're committed, you're committed. You can move them if you absolutely need to without any real restrictions. I don't see them getting moved, like I said, but that to me is why it makes more sense than to drag it out. But if RJ wants a full max, doesn't want to compromise, it's a different story. Okay. That's it. Hey, look, I I don't think he'll go for the full... I mean, obviously, I think he'll try to get the full max, but I think, he's a, I think there's like some... I think his camp is pretty smart saying, look... Uh, this is what the full max is. Do you ever really earn the full max yet? Unless he had go, goes like on a tear year four, right? So I think there, I don't, part of me doesn't see that. And it's like, there's a major jump. Like He's just going to negotiate with Puma. It, whatever the extra millions are. Like, dude, hey man. If I'm going to stay in New York, it's going to make money. It, I don't. I honestly don't think that's an issue. I, I know that's kind of taboo. <laughs> All right, because it's like player contracts, but I really think that's fine. Let me hit you with a couple uh, rapid fire, really quick, you know, questions and answers here regarding because you're the cap guy here, cap or no cap, Knicks film school. Let's just get really quick on what the Knicks should do. So we got your take on RJ. He's going to wait, probably not sign the full max. That's going to work out for us. Well, what are we going to do with Mitch? I'd like to see him on basically the mid-level exception. That would be a good number. Have it every year goes down instead of up by eight percent. That'd be cool. And mid level so, exception is like forty four, forty five million dollars. So, so do you think that that's more or less than they were kind of negotiating with during the season? Right. Probably. It's probably certainly less than what Mitch would have wanted. Yeah, because we know he wanted the max. Well. It's like 50 something, right? Yeah, but it's possible. I mean, my guess is the Knicks did not. Well, I know that the Knicks probably (laughs) wanted to lock him in for dirt cheap because the way they looked at it is we want to go under the cap for Brunson. Uh, If we sign Mitch now, then that creates more problems because you're adding however much money. So, um, yeah, I mean, his market seems to be dead. I don't really know where he would go. So, no team without a sign and trade can offer more than the middle level exception. I think that's a pretty good number. So Mitch stays. Sims obviously stays, barring a crazy trade where he's included. And where does that where does that fit Noel? Are we just going to run it back with that? No, I think he's gone. It's just a matter of where and for how much maybe any money coming back. 
Again, if the Jazz trade Gobert, I'd like to see Noel slide into a trade player exception they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fits just enough. I think he he he's the perfect mold and what the Jazz like in a in a five. So I think he'd be good there. He's probably also their best bet at getting a legitimate five, unless they I don't know trade for Pirtle or someone, <laughs> which they could. Yeah, I could see it, but I don't know what assets they really have. And then Taj getting cut and coming back. That, that's about right. Why not? Sure. Okay. Love Taj. Cool. All right, so are we keeping D-Rose? I mean, there was some – the latest rumor was Milwaukee, which makes sense for them as a basketball team, and it makes sense for D-Rose as a human, right? He's from mm-hmm. Chicago, from the area. Do you, do you see that kind of making any sense for us cap-wise at least? I guess. I mean, either way – like, I, I don't really want Rose here because I want quickly to be the backup point guard, and I want Grimes to be there. And if there's a trade or if Cam's still here, then, like, you got one, two, three. So, but Matt, I mean, cap wise, it doesn't really matter. You could, you could spin it as above the cap, below the cap, depending on what they want to do. If it's one or the other, you, it's not a guaranteed contract as last year. So it's fine, but okay. I, I guess he's staying. That's fair. And we'll, we'll say Cam is going to be gone in some trade. Last question, just on the Knicks side, Burks or Fournier? What are we doing there? Trading Burks, keeping Fournier. Okay, just contract base wise, or yeah. okay, that's fine. So we got what you're gonna do with the Knicks. We signed Brunson. Is there anything else we're doing in free agency? I forget the trades. I know we want to make a million trades. I, I, I you know, but is there anything? There is an interesting. We we, we mentioned Tyus Jones kind of in passing here. Uh, Alex says, "Please God, no." Uh, you know that, and that's how he feels. Even though it's for way cheaper. Like, is there anybody? You could speak on Tyus Jones, but is there any any other players, maybe a wing, that the Knicks could kind of slide in there? I didn't ask you about Randall or Obi, but I, by the way, I'm just going to assume they're going to stay. I, I I know you want to trade Randall. Everyone wants to trade Randall. I won't yeah. even ask you. So just as it stands, is there anyone that could kind of fit that kind of wing spot? Kyle Anderson. I mean, Anderson. it's an option. He's probably more of a four than he is a three, depending on how mm-hmm. he's used. But um Someone I don't think the Knicks would go after him, but yeah, exactly. I mean, like this is a lazy reason. Like he's from New York, so like that that sort of mindset. It's kind of like Burks. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, he's he's a a Spurs system guy. Like he's only played at smart locations, so um, I'll go with him. That's fair, Alex. You want you you have someone on your mind? I I know TJ Tyus Jones ends up on the Knicks. I'm going to send help to Alex's house. <laughs> but do you have anyone on your mind, Alex? No, nah, I, think, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think for the most part, we're going to see a lot of the same players on the Knicks, especially from the young, the youth standpoint. Uh, mostly the vets just getting out of here. I think that's what it is. So, no, nah, but hey, Jeremy, thank you for coming on and, and answering all of our questions and everything. So please let our listeners know where they should already – well, they should already know where to find you, but please let our listeners know where they can find you. <laughs> Well, thank you for having me, guys. It's been a blast. Um, yeah, you can find me at on Twitter at the coincidence, uh, C O H E N C I D E N C E. Uh, do stuff for Nick's Film School. A little bit of the Strickland, but less so these days. Nick's Film School keeps me pretty busy. <laughs> so uh, I do a show called Cream Capital. Capital's everything around me. Cream, uh, not the salary cap. Every dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Exactly. Uh, every Wednesday or so, we'll do one this Wednesday. I think it's 6.30. And then Thursday night, we'll be doing a live draft show and just breaking everything down. 
trying to make sense of everything. Hopefully, it's a lot less confusing than the draft was. Somebody tells me. Hopefully, it is. Hopefully, Hopefully it is. For, I'm still hoping think- for chaos. I, I think I, in my heart of hearts, I believe that the Knicks are exact replicas of this new Jets GM. And and everything we know about Leon Rose, he keeps every, everything to the chest. I mean, what was the percentage of people that had them even trading back? That was a low percentage, just as it was. And from then, who would have thought that we're going to make all these crazy trades at the end? All we're doing is dumping Kemba. Like, nobody knows what this team is doing. Everything that comes out is nonsense. So I'm I'm hyped, man. I, I really believe that the Knicks are going to do something within the next couple of weeks. So I'm hyped, man. I, maybe it's my hopium. All right, maybe it's my. It's a, I, I know all up I, on the hopium. I'm the too crazy, much opium. <laughs> I'm the crazy optimist. I know it all. I've heard it a thousand times, but that, that, that's my take right now. I'm hoping for a, a good, nice tampering period, a solid free agency. Enough with the rumors. I'm so sick of rumors. We're almost uh, there. Yeah. Less than so three days, at so. this point, it, it feels like we're inching closer and closer. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is coming. <laughs> That's yep. a fact. Hey, Jeremy, thank you for coming on the show. And to our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. As always, you know what to do. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're available on all audio listening platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, you name We're there. All right. Please make sure to give us a five-star rating. Please make sure to leave a comment. Make sure to go find the YouTube page. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Do all those things. Leave a comment. Hit the like button. And check out all of our other material out there. Winning Picks Weekly. we got so much. All right? So much. And then finally, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You name it. We are there. Thank you again for Jeremy Cohen. The coincidence for coming on the podcast. We out. Let's go next.